Welcome to a football show here live inside the pharmacy here on McFerrin Avenue. Obviously, weather in Nashville, not ideal on this particular Tuesday. Happy New Year to everybody out there. This is Zach Lyons. I am Braden Gall. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Of course, we've got a lot to discuss today. Lots of college football playoff stuff to get to. We'll talk football, actual things on the field. Of course, we all uh, watched the tragedy, of course, in Cincinnati with DeMar Hamlin last night. And so we'll we'll have some non-commentary commentary, I think, on that, Zach, just to set the scene because that's literally the only thing anyone in any news room is talking about right now in this country, sports or otherwise. It's taken over. Uh, so we'll have some non-commentary commentary is what I'm going to call it. I like it. Um, uh, Peter King had some comments that I think uh, fans are going to be interested in. If you're a Tennessee Titans fan, of course, trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen with Ryan Tannehill. And you are my guy. I, you're my go-to guy. You're the go-to guy for contract situations. What could or could not happen with this with this quarterback situation for the Tennessee Titans. You've been very stern on what you think is going to happen. We're starting to see the rumblings, right? Like yeah, the, all rumbling, the, the rumblings are happening. I'm getting all kinds of rumblings about the Tennessee Titans right now. I, I think we're honestly not, not just Peter King. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, and obviously we're going to on Thursday, we'll be back on our normal schedule, of course, 1 p.m. And that is when we are going to dive headlong into the Jacksonville matchup on Saturday. Do the Titans have a chance? What, six and a half point underdog? So they clearly have a chance Did Josh Jobs save the offense. All that great stuff. Uh, we have not had a chance to listen to Josh Dobbs talk today yet on Tuesday. Uh, so we'll have uh, some reaction to that and then a preview, of course, coming up on Thursday. We're drinking some, I think, first time in the States beers. Is that? Is yeah, that, this is, a, is that what in, I heard? a wheat beer import from Germany. The first, I guess, few weeks it's living in the States. And this wow. is Hopbrow, uh Weiss beer. I'm drinking some Black Abbey, of course, here locally in Nashville. So pharmacy, always great beer selection, great burger selection, of course the dogs, the mustard, everything you could ever need in a meal. And when you come in here, you look at this ambiance, you look at these vibes here. You got the soda rail, you got the milkshakes, you got the burgers, you got the dogs, you got everything you need. And guess what? No screens, okay? No screens. Maybe on your phone, I guess. Maybe yeah. the digital screens. But no, nothing to distract the communal experience here at the pharmacy in East Nashville. Also have a location downtown as well. We're also brought to you by our wonderful friends, the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com, of course, is the website. Just call them. Have a conversation with them. Uh, have a conversation with them, with with them about your house. Make sure that you just talk to them before you make any big financial decisions. It's not that complicated. It's not that hard. Um, I buildkg.com is a website, Zach. I, not, I don't know what else we need to tell people. Pharmacy, Kingston Group, Broadway Sports Media as well, 440 Sports, all the great podcasts, all the great shows. The Insider account, of course, make sure you sign up for that as well. So all kinds of great stuff for both the companies. Support local business here in Nashville, Tennessee. So we are going to talk a lot of football today on the show. Georgia winning the or winning the semifinal in what was probably the best semifinal Saturday maybe ever in the ever. history of college football. Uh, Stetson Bennett's career. Joe, it's only what the tenth one, uh, two thousand fourteen. So I think it's the ninth year. The ninth year. Ninth so year. it's well, it's easily the best out of the nine. Easily the best set of semifinals. Uh, but what does it mean coming up in the championship game? Also, again, we'll we'll have a chance to preview that on Thursday and then again on Monday. Uh, Joe Milton finishes off. An excellent season by Tennessee with an 11-win year. Bryce Young finishes off an extraordinary career at Alabama. Uh, I do think there's one bowl record that fans need to know about. Like, I think fans go on Twitter and argue the wrong way. And I know you're big about providing ammunition to folks yes. to be smarter. Right. And I think you can all be smarter college football fans with one stat. But, it, but also, we'll that later. less bickering. Less bickering. Is less that, is, bickering. So this is an official New Year's intention? Yeah. No, it's not no bickering. It's less bickering. Less bickering. Probably more blocking. I guess you could say it's probably oh, there's going to be more blocking on Twitter, but it's definitely less, more muting, more blocking, less bickering. 
So I am big on uh, I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I'm big on New Year's intentions, mm -hmm. because if you set yourself up for a 100 percent pass fail situation, you're setting yourself up psychologically for like, you know, a bunch of failing. If you just say I'm an intent, my New Year's intention is to bicker less. There's no percentage there. Yeah, you could just, they could just be one percent. As long as you're a little bit less, a little bit bickery, less. you're fine. Um, so a lot of actual football. Uh, but of course, last night when you watch the Buffalo Cincinnati game, which, by the way, has massive implications in the AFC playoff picture. One seed, two seed, three seed, all on the line. Two elite quarterbacks. The whole world was ready for this game. And, of course, in the first quarter, DeMar Hamlin goes down with the crazy hit right to his chest. And you guys kind of know all the facts. And I think, uh, you know, I, I had a tough time figuring out what I wanted to say because I don't really feel like I need to say anything about the injury or the scheduling or what the NFL did or didn't do. Like, that's for really smart people to figure out. I, but I do feel obligated to say something about the coverage of it all. Because that's what we do and cover the media to some extent. And I thought Joe Buck, if you don't like Joe Buck, plenty of people don't. A lot of people have opinions about Joe Buck. I don't think you can argue that anyone could have done it better than he did last night. I, I, I think the way he and Troy Aikman handled telling the story, giving you the information, all the stuff you needed to know, trying to give you as much updates from what was going on in, in real time in the stadium as possible, as best they could. No opinion, no hot takes, none of that garbage. I thought they actually that broadcast crew did a really good job covering that really difficult situation. Uh, I thought ESPN did a, a good job. Not just not yeah, just them true. too. I, th I thought ESPN all the way from uh, Susie Colbert to Luisa Salters to Booger McFarlane, Adam Booger Schefter, awesome. yeah. Scott Van Pelt, Ryan Clark. You know, covering the after thing. I think I think everybody did a good job on ESPN. I did not watch ESPN today, so I don't know if they ruined it all. <laughs> but I will That's say that the possible. I will say the people that covered it last night did a, a excellent job and uh i will i will leave it at this about people's opinions i don't need to hear them yeah and and nor do you need to it's okay to have one keep it to yourself like, just like at your if, house if you have to delete a tweet and i know at least two accounts that did a lot more than that yeah uh, but i at least know two people that did that probably are watching or listening to this show just it's okay it's you don't have to tweet everything and some of you guys i've seen people like tweet what everybody else is saying as far as a health update and then they tag the person that originally tweeted it but it's their own tweet so they're not quote tweeting or retweeting it just hit the retweet button some of you are not newsbreakers, so quit acting like you are yeah, I, look speculation not necessarily definitely not by espn in the moment yeah. you don't have to do you definitely should not do that if and i say this and this is not a i'm not trying to compare this situation to like deshaun watson or domestic assault but a lot of times we do content around really tough situations. Mm -hmm. And when you and I eventually this summer got to the point where it's like, I'm looking at you going like, hey, unless you're a lawyer or unless you were in the room, I don't really care about your opinion about Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So unless you're a medical professional or work for the NFL front office in terms of scheduling, which is now what they have to figure out with this game, I kind of don't really need your opinion on this one. Like, I, I respect your opinion. Yeah. But there's also it's also OK to just sort of like my wife and I sat and watched that, didn't talk a whole lot. And we, we're just sitting there watching it, and I'm going, I can't believe this. This is unprecedented, blah, 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 blah. You know, the whole exact exact same way everybody else is feeling. But she looked at me, and she goes, at the end of it, she goes, you've always said Joe Buck was, you don't like him, but he's really, really good at oh, his yeah, job. He's, and he's I was like, one of the best. I, I, my stance was, I, I've gotten to a point where I'm running this football or the efforts account. If this would have been the Zach of five years ago, I definitely would have had some take. But I've learned and matured over the years that you don't have to have a take out on Every About little everything. topic. Yeah. And what I did last night was retweet a few tweets that either echoed my sentiment or 
was given information I did not know. Like, I think that a worthy thing to do instead of putting worrying about your sket the scheduling issue of it all. Like, my my big thing is is that if you say, well, you know, I really hope he's okay. I believe that you think that, but then if you turn around and just kind of undercut that with you're a tweet, you're, you're making it about you. You're making it about you. Yeah. So, um, I uh, just retweeted people. Uh, I thought the, I, I think the best one that I thought was the most informative for people that may not know, because the, the first thing I thought of when I saw him get hit, get up and you see the overhead view, get up and then he falls and you could tell it was a heart attack or a cardiac arrest, I guess is the proper term. It reminded me, and I, I know people are going to think I'm crazy, but it reminded me of this thing in wrestling where uh, Seamus, who is a Nashville native, by the way, or not native, but he's now Nashville's favorite wrestling son. Um, was wrestling Jerry Lawler. And this is, of course, Jerry Lawler of like 60, 70 years old, however old he is. And he does this move where he goes over the chest from behind and just pounds away, right? It's one of the few moves that actually, you know, causes a lot of pain on initial impact, you know, that you can't really brace right, right, for. Right. And it gave him a cardiac arrest. And Jerry Lawler tweeted out about it, and I thought it was really good information for people to have. I think the most important information, and obviously it worked, and if you shared it or donated to it, was his charity. I mean, last I checked, it was over $3.29 million, and it hadn't even reached its 2500 I don't no, think, or something yeah. insane. We'll let you know that there's still a lot of good people out in the world. Maybe there's only very few rich good people out in the world, but I don't know. There's at least good people uh, out in the world. It's, it's funny. Like we talk a lot about Twitter, like just you and I in general, I'm obsessed with it. It's my mm -hmm. drug of choice. And there are moments like, I believe when you see like these stories that happen in our, in our society that are like, you know, whether it's a school shooting or a big news story or something like that, like when you or a celebrity passes away again, it doesn't have to be that intense, but you don't have to say the thing to make yourself part of the story. Like, you can just sit back. Now, I will say, since we talk so much about Twitter and you and I do it a lot, like, Twitter was overwhelmingly positive and compassionate. Like, last night when it was happening, there were a few rare bad apples that you're just going, like, you guys are just looking for attention, and I hate that part of this, this world. But that's the world we live in. But I thought largely it was a reminder that people are pretty good, that we care about each other, that when you watch those NFL players get together on in those moments, that that they all become people real fast and less competitors. And so I think we're, it's a reminder that we are very good people in, in general and the, the loudest vocal minority on Twitter doesn't necessarily represent right. all, all of us. So um, I, I don't have a vocal ton. minority loud, dumb and wrong. <laughs> loud, dumb, That's and wrong. their, their part, loud, party motto. Loud, dumb and wrong. Uh, Zach Braden here, of course, uh, listen, it's the biggest story in the entire country. Every single like non sports news program today was leading with this story. So I felt like we, we needed to have something to say, but our something is that you don't always have to have something to say. And that I thought and the irony of us having to do this segment is not <laughs> lost on me. Cause no, I, no, I, I, I kind of am doing this segment in protest just because I'm one of it's, it's, but it's news. You see how it's coming out both sides yeah. of my mouth. Like yeah. the, here, the words are over that, here and the, the words are over here. The too. thing is, is that it's newsworthy, but I hate that it's newsworthy because I hate right. that the event that that's surrounded and then you turn it into, well, yeah. you gotta, you gotta yeah. grieve or you gotta do it this way. It's just, it's not, it's not my thing. But I know it's newsworthy. No, no, it's okay. We'll move on. But uh, no updates as of the time of taping. If there was, we would give them to you. That's the really only piece of news you really need to yes. have is, is an update from the family. Um, the NFL will make a decision. Those That's a decision I made think by once they have the news cleared, for, uh, the, the news out of the hospital cleared, I think that's when you'll see some that's any smart. information, I, I which I think is the it, – it's not only the, the – the, it's just the right move. 
Well, it's, it's the move that puts the focus where it needs to be, and the focus needs to be on someone positive vibes being sent to someone that needs yes. positive vibes. I also don't think it is inappropriate in the sports content world to say to pivot and have the next conversation quickly, very shortly, without disrespect to the family or or Hamlin and what he's going through and anything. Like, of course, we all are worried about him, but there is a very complicated decision that has to be made about the one seed getting a bye week in the AFC playoffs. Like and that's a very important thing that the NFL has to come up with. It, and it's, I don't think it's callous to say, Hey, what do you like? I, I don't think it should be a tie because that gives it to Kansas city or whatever. I, 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 I don't think, think that, that no matter what the decision is, it's, it's not going to make everyone happy. And I think that's something everybody needs to keep in mind is that it's whatever it may be is not going to keep everything happy. If you want to have that discussion, I'm okay with that discussion. You know, t- if you're if you're someone that's on Twitter doing you're doing this job, I'm okay with that discussion. Yeah. Twenty four hours later, forty eight. I prefer yeah. forty eight hours later myself okay. because it is right. such a critical thing. But I do think that having it like right as it goes on, that your first thing is, yeah, especially you know. if you're a Titan centric, and not necessarily that we are because we're all about football. But there are Titan centric accounts that went in straight into playoffs. I'm like, why you, the the Titans? This does not, not factor into the Titans. It's not relevant yeah. to what your product is supposed it, to be and your brand is supposed to if be. If you win, you're going to host the Chargers. If you Ooh. lose on Saturday, you get like the 10th pick in the draft? Uh, you, the best like case scenario is ninth pick if, ninth I, pick? if okay. my math is correct and everything. So that is sort of the playoff picture for the Titans and Titans fans. I mean, is there intrigue with the you know, with New England, because that game is obviously against Buffalo. That there's because yeah, there is a, a crazy scenario where both the Titans and Jaguars can still get in, but it requires the Titans to win. I do love that when you look at the rankings, that the Titans are behind the Jets in the standings, and the Jets have been eliminated. Yeah, <laughs> just one of those random things. People are already assuming that the Titans are losing the games because that's what what Tankathon is doing. I, I've noticed this. So Tankathon is what everybody's using to figure out what the draft order is okay. after every okay. game because it automatically updates. All right. And what people are using and what I'm seeing is that here's who the Tankathon predicts will lose the wild card round. So they don't even predict that we're going to beat the Jaguars right now. That's why you see the Titans at 11th and not in the okay. wild card okay. round. All right. It's pretty interesting. It, it's, it is. And again, I like I don't envy the people making the decision on how to get this game in because it feels like it does need to happen. But how does it happen? That's again, um, well, you know, you'll, you'll see it on Twitter like everybody else when it happens. And so um, otherwise, it's OK to talk about these things respectfully while also making sure we all know exactly what the focus is and yeah. what we're trying to do. So um, we are going to talk Stetson Bennett, Georgia Bulldogs, Joe Milton, Bryce Young. I can't wait to have this Stetson Tennessee. Bennett conversation because I got a good zinger for you. <laughs> all right. I'm waiting. Uh, there's one statistic that you need to know about bowl records it's the only one you need to know we'll give you that one a little bit later on of course this is a football show brought to you by the kingston group buildkg.com and the pharmacy look at this beautiful vibey bar here my daughter lost her top like her middle teeth she can't say the bees anymore she's like dad can we have a vibey night it's just i love the way they talk when they have the tooth missing and i brought her in here i'm like we're gonna bring you in here to the pharmacy so was she trying to say vibey yes okay so So she 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 considers like a chill like netflix and chill is her vibe night god you just well, yeah, I guess maybe I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. I guess when she wants to chill and relax, like at a spa day, she calls a vibe. Yes. Day. So she, what it is, is that my, my wife hates downlighting. Okay. She hates downlighting. She loves like, she likes the Edison bowls and like okay. the chill lights and the, you know, the calm mood and the, and the nice music. music. And, but she, she, she doesn't like my, my six-year-old daughter will walk through the house and be like, I'll turn on a light. And she'll be like, dad, you're harshing the vibes. <laughs> and I'm like, I've created a monster with you this have. child. 
uh, or my wife has, I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So let's, let's hear it. You want to hear from, we got quarterback rumblings are already starting to come out. The national media, they have their sources. They talk to people. There's obviously a huge decision looming with the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. So I'm going to ask you what people need to know about that. Okay. But we're going to hear from Peter King first. So Peter King, of course, had some comments. This was over the weekend, I yeah, believe. Yeah, this was December 30th uh, edition of Pro Football Talk Live, which you have to go to Peacock to see the full episode because they, or you need to go find the different segments on Pro Football Talk. So this was specifically the clip that we're going to play is Peter King in a discussion with, uh, what's old douchebag's name? Uh, Mike Sims? Florio. Oh, Florio. Mike <laughs> Florio. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He, Chris Sims, young douchebag. Okay. So uh, <laughs> my apologies. Yeah. Got to get your ages right. Listen, uh, but they're talking about Tom Brady. And they were specifically in the moment talking about Tom Brady and Sean Payton being possibly a package deal. The problem with that is that there's there's not a lot of supply and demand. There's only so many quarterback spots and only so many teams that aren't going to get a quarterback in the draft or that is their plan. So they were talking about supply and demand. So this is where Peter King brings up the Titans as a possible interesting choice. There aren't enough jobs for the number of quarterbacks and or the number of agents of quarterbacks who believe that their guys are going to have a really good landing spot. Like, for instance, let's take Tennessee. What are the Titans going to do? The Titans have a lot of questions going into the offseason, a lot. They're not in great cap shape. Um, Whoever goes there, if they do end up replacing Ryan Tannehill, My guess is they probably want to, um, but I also think that's going to be a financial decision. But so, so if you, if you don't, if you, if you keep Ryan Tannehill and you're the Tennessee Titans, so don't you want to backstop him right now? If you're Mike Vrabel with somebody better than Malik Willis. So those are the kind of questions that we just don't know now, because Mike, you raised the issue at the top. For Mike Vrabel to have bypassed bypassed Malik Willis to play in this game and perhaps to play next week, for a guy who's been on this team for 15 minutes, it says something resoundingly beyond today. You know, and they can say whatever they want. I have no idea what they said last night or the other day about it, but they can say whatever they want. But the fact is, if you've got a quarterback who has been playing and who's been in the system all year, and you leapfrog somebody over him who, uh, you know, every team in the NFL had a chance to employ on the active roster and didn't, you know, you, you then have to ask yourself the question, what is Malik Willis's role there for the future? So that's, the, and that's just, that's one out of 32. And obviously there aren't 32 places that have quarterback questions, but I bet you could think of a good 10 or 12 that have legitimate quarterback questions. So Peter King there with Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk. Um, credit to those guys. And and there is a little bit more speculation on his part in this. But I, he's I, also using what seems like some inside information as well. That, that's, that's where I'm at. Because people are like, well, he says he guesses. So that means that he can't be right. And apparently Peter King has some bad track record of Titans information, which is Something this is new to me. I know that Pro Football Talk has not had a good track record with Titans information, but Peter King is one of the most well-respected people in the, in, in the and, planet. And just an insider note, when you hear a radio host or a talk show host say, like, 
I'm feeling this yeah. or I'm guessing that or I this could be keep an eye on PK this. PK is a, is a good example. I, he does that all the time, not to the, you know throw uh, his bag of tricks out there for the world <laughs> to see. But when he's when he's saying something and it turns out to be like he's like I'm hearing, I'm guessing, like you're saying, yes, that means yes. he's heard it from somewhere. He so, did not come. Right. Peter so King Stephen, heard this from somewhere. Stephen Godfrey, a good friend of the show, always says, I think I feel I know. Yeah. And there's things we think, there's things we feel, and there's things we know. And I said, I, like, for example, when I said four weeks, I, I, I feel pretty confident that Lane Kiffin's going to go back to Ole Miss and Hugh Freeze is going to be the guy. That was right in the middle of all the Lane Kiffin agent pushing all the information that he's going to go to Auburn. There's sometimes things, when you hear somebody say that, a lot of times it is informed by something. A yes. nugget, a kernel, some piece of truth. So before we get into what that means and how you react to that, I do want you to because we've done it before, and I know, don't don't get mad at me. I want you to do it again. But lay out quickly, concisely, what the financial ramifications are that he's referring to when it comes to Ryan Tannehill, his cap hit, the cut, the dead money, real fast for everybody. Uh, it's, it's the dead cap money that everybody's talking about. It's over like $20 million, which if you do it before June 1st, it's all $20 million cap, dead cap is sitting on your books for 2023. And if you do it after June 1st, it gets split up between two. Here's the thing. If he gets cut or traded for before June 1st, you're still, despite the dead cap money amount, which is large, which I actually think it's only $18 million. Eight, I've got 18.8 18, 18. yeah, or yeah, whatever. Sorry, the, the, I, th I was thinking of uh, the $20 million is his cap savings if you cut him after the uh, June 1st. So you're right. But you save seventeen eight, So you're still in the green. You're not in the red. And if for whatever reason, people are really caught up on dead cap this offseason. And I don't understand why, because what you got to look at when you cut someone is yeah, they, they're just gonna be dead cap in the books, but you're saving money already. Yeah. So, so it's he, like that. That really doesn't. It's almost yeah. It looks like it's a break even, but really you're still seventeen point eight to the good. Right. So you're getting that full seventeen point eight amount back towards the cap. Now the question is because I think you've of all the people I've talked about this, I feel like you're pretty pro. Figure out a way to have Tannehill back again. Yeah, general, I mean, right? I guess, I guess here's the thing, and maybe I'm. It's a little bit of recency bias on what Tom Brady did on on Sunday, uh, but I think there are avenues to where you can improve the quarterback room outside of Ryan Tannehill. Like, get find. There's avenues to where I'm okay with moving on from Ryan Tannehill. It's not just clear, cut, and dry that I'm okay with Ryan Tannehill. If you can okay. get a bunch of draft picks, which you could, this okay. idea that Ryan Tannehill cannot be traded oh, I think is, is, a, yeah, is yeah. a farce and a fallacy that people have created because they think that Ryan Tannehill sucks, even though he's still, I think Atlanta, he, his whole career, is a top-five quarterback. I, mean, I posted the stats on efficiency stats. He's still a top-five quarterback, and he's probably top-four if you could take Drew Let's Brees out of there. Crazy. That's per efficiency All stats. Right. Here's the thing is that this team can get by with a lot this offseason in terms of the quarterback position because I think there is an avenue where this was specifically brought up in the Tom Brady segment, but PFT also has an article where they talk about Derek Carr. Now, listen, I'm not a Derek Carr guy, and if you want to guarantee you get Derek Carr, you have to trade for him, and the math I'd... You don't think they'll cut him and just walk away from the money? Well, they, they have three days after the Super Bowl to trade him, or they have to cut him. Yeah, because then they, 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 they well, technically yeah. they only have two. They yeah. they they are wanting to trade him, obviously. Now, whether another team wants to trade for him is totally different. Then you got the, the whole Lamar Jackson situation out there right now, where Lamar Jackson is supposedly, according to his own head coach, alluded to sitting out. 
and and making a business decision. That thing gets weirder and weirder every but day. But here's the thing about signing Lamar Jackson. If you want to sign Lamar Jackson, you're signing a player that has been has a season ended by two injuries now, back-to-back seasons. You're having a quarterback that you're going to have to sign for a fully guaranteed contract, more than likely, for six to seven, maybe even longer years. Pretty big number. And those cap hits per year are ranging anywhere from 39 mil the first year you sign them all the way up to 51 mil at some point. Okay. So you're talking about massive cap hits for the rest of the duration of his contract that you're not going to be able to get out of. So if, like to me, the, the calculus has gotten pretty simple because I think what Peter King does allude to in that cut and what you and I have talked about with Josh Dobbs clearly being better than Malik Willis yes. is that the best chance this team has to win is with Ryan Tannehill in a restructured deal. His mm-hmm. cap hit is 36.6 next year. Which is easily, um, and that's why someone would trade for him, because all they have to do is trade for him and give him a little bit of extension and buy them some leeway. Right, that's right. why the Jets would trade for him. But I think while I agree with you that there are some avenues to replace Tannehill and maybe still compete for a division, let's say, like stay competitive in some way, shape, or form, Tannehill, like to me, I, like do I think Derek Carr is a technically better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill? Maybe, but like he's not a clear upgrade. He's going to cost you a lot, and why not stick with the devil you know with Ryan Tannehill, who's been in the system and right. knows all the players and knows Rabel and knows the culture and knows the area. And Derek Carr is like, younger, right? So sure. Derek Carr is younger, so the more than likely he will cost more because you're going to have to get to a bidding war for Derek Carr. Well, any of these guys. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo. Like, so I, I think Tom Brady's the only person you really don't have to get in the bidding war with because he's just going to say where he wants to go. Well, that's true. Yeah, and if he doesn't want to go here, then you're shit out yeah. of luck. Uh, so it, I just the numbers and the facts of this whole situation have led me to be more Tannehill returning than I think I ever was. Some of that is Dobbs. I'll say this clearly putting Malik Willis in perspective. Here, here's sense. what I think about this comment of guess. There's only one person head honcho in uh, that's running the show for the Tennessee Titans right now. <laughs> so someone in Vrabel's camp whether it's variable or not, because the people who think that Peter King isn't good with the Tennessee Titans, maybe he's being fed information from Vrabel this whole time. And John Robinson does something completely different. That's why John Robinson is fired. <laughs> but this is this. There's a good chance that this guess is coming from at least one source really close to Vrabel, whether that's Vrabel himself or, or someone or, or stretch yeah. or someone on the staff or something that they may be ready to move on from both Tannehill and move on from Malik Willis. And I think they, they talked at the top of this show, the segment, talking about, uh, we talked about too, Malik Willis is pretty much done. We don't think the staff wanted Malik Willis. I don't think the staff really believes in Malik Willis. They think pretty fast. <laughs> probably think he's a nice guy, but that's it has to. No, I know. Because I here's the thing, and, and fans need to wrap their head around this. The Tennessee Titans took $3 to a gas station, bought a lottery ticket, and then they went home, and a few days later, the numbers were called, and they didn't win. Fans are viewing this as, well, they need to play a game of fucking Monopoly, <laughs> and they need to spend five or ten hours playing this game until they figure out who wins, while three or three-fourths of the people that are playing with you are, are losing the game. And okay. they just no, wasted I, ten years. I, the I NFL does not play Monopoly. If you're a first round pick, you get a you yeah. They play the lottery. Right. If you're a first round pick, you get some monopoly time. Maybe it's a little bit more life or rook, but <laughs> it is not. It is not monopoly. No, I I think the analogy is accurate. I do think because you don't have a general manager in place, and we did talk about this earlier. I could argue that the strategy is not necessarily to like buy into Malik Willis necessarily as the future. 
but it's to use him to get you to the next guy. And if that means you suck and you get the third pick overall for one year, just maybe, doesn't. Maybe it's not in his DNA to I, do no, that. I agree with you on that. I and agree and, and that. I get the strategy and I get the talking point. But at, at some point, we just also have to realize that, you know, because you're not the only one talking about, but there's these people who are still clinging to this hope that maybe they'll just tank for Caleb Williams. It ain't happening. Yeah. Unless unless a bunch of injuries happen again, they ain't tanking. Well, to me, if that, but see, and I agree with you, if that's the case, then Tannehill's the best option. I, I think that Tom Brady's the best option. Oh, okay. And I think that. Yeah, one game I, against Carolina. Well, okay. he, he's doing really well with about a similar offensive line that Tom Brady, or sure. that Ryan Tannehill has. Now, the difference would be you're swapping your great wide receivers for Derrick Henry yeah. and some good stuff. But if you're wanting to probably get the most out of Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel needs to bring in someone that is the opposite of Malik Willis and maybe even more the opposite of Ryan Tannehill, yeah. there's no better there's no better quarterback than Tom Brady. And listen, They're best buds. And when all Tom stuff. Brady was going through this whole free agency thing last time, my stance was that he's not choosing Tennessee because he's going down to Tampa Bay. He's going where the defense is at. He's going where the two young wide receivers are at. And he's going to go where Bruce Arians is at. A couple of years later, why wouldn't Bruce o- Arians why wouldn't is gone. O- Oakland? Why wouldn't Vegas with well, all the I'm weapons? Get there. Okay, sorry. Bruce Arians <laughs> is gone. He's gone through this whole thing with, you know, Byron Leftwich. And then, you know, this whole thing with, you know, Todd Bowles just not working. Now he can come to maybe Tennessee where Mike Rabel is at, where an elite defense is at, <laughs> where where you have a, a running back that you know is elite that's going to get you the first downs and take a little bit of pressure off your body. Better shape than Leonard Fournette. Better shape than Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Las Vegas is the only other option in my mind for Tom Brady unless San Francisco just goes crazy and tries to go get him. I think it's I think it's Las Vegas, Tennessee, and San Francisco. It could be. And you know what What I've – this is one of those things where I'm guessing Yeah. Um, that McDaniels wants Garoppolo and that Brady and McDaniels aren't all that – I, I wouldn't be surprised. Go. I wouldn't be that surprised so, if that was the case. But if you're that means, thing about, that means Tennessee's got a chance then. Yeah, so. I think that Tennessee has a a, a really strong chance. Tennessee, uh, I mean, Tom Brady is a legit free agent, so he's going to dictate where he wants to go. And that's no one else but him is yep. going to dictate where he wants to go. And if you see that Ryan Tannehill is traded, you're probably going to see that Tom Brady signed a few minutes later. I think that okay. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, and I, I think you make a pretty good case, as you do all the time. Uh, Pharmacy, of course, makes a great case for your business at lunch. By the way, congratulations are in order because this this football show, we got started back in right around the draft time in April and May. We haven't even been doing this a full year. Um, super proud to have Kingston Group on with us and the Pharmacy on with us here. We started a fantasy football league of which I finished last. I'm a man. I can admit at 40 years old that I finished last. And I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna say that we won four out of five at the end of the season. I'm not even gonna say that to you guys that we surged late in the year, and we finished last. We finished last. Zach finished second in the standings, but had the highest scoring team the entire season. But <laughs> congratulations to our main man Dan Dan Scroggins got the victory, got the W. Congratulations to him for the win in our first ever football show, Pharmacy Fantasy League which we drafted here. If you have your draft next year, great place to have the draft. You come here, you do, you get some beers and some brats and you talk a bunch of shit and you have a great time. We had a great time with the draft. And uh, so congratulations to Dan on winning. Uh, I will say though, when you pull up the matchups and Zach's in the, Zach's in the third place game and Zach scores 165 points, which I've been doing like almost pretty. You're the highest scoring team in the league. Highest scoring team. 
just that one week. 165 points. I'm just making sure here, double checking. 165.5 points in your in your final week, finishing third place. Congratulations, by the way. How do you feel? I could have done better. Yep. If if it ain't first or last. Championship round. Dan beat Dan, by the way, two Dans in the championship round. 88.46 to 77.5. I think you actually scored more points than the two of them combined. Yeah. In your Wait, third place here's, game. Here's the How thing. do you feel about that? Okay, so let's talk about this real quick. Okay. This is a case that the Tennessee Titans should try to make the playoffs. <laughs> because this is this is like if the Tennessee Titans play the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> In, it was the three in, and the five. Seed. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is like the Tennessee Titans and the Seattle Seahawks uh, this year playing in the Super Bowl because Geno Smith's obviously going down at the worst time, and this is what it would be like. And then, and then basically, I am the Kansas City Chiefs or Buffalo Bills or Philadelphia Eagles on the outside looking. In. You're the Bills of last year. I am. I am yeah. the elite team yeah. that is on that is not able to make it to the Super now, Bowl. So now this is your perfect case of why the Tennessee Titans should make it in because anybody can win once they're in the playoffs. That is exactly true. See, look at that. Bringing it all back to the Tennessee Titans. Now, I will say we had a so I'm a professional. We had a bet here, though, at our draft night after a few beverages were consumed. Yeah. We had a bet about for some, I have no idea why this happened. Uh, who would be the highest scoring fantasy receiver for the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, Dobbs got injured and was gone. for He a long took time. Romeo Dobbs. I had Al Lazard and a gentleman sitting not too far from us here, a little off screen, right back here at Sammy Watkins. I finished last place, but I won the bottle of bourbon. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, this is why you come out to pharmacy. You have your fantasy draft. Sammy Watkins didn't even make it on the team all <laughs> he year. Got, he, got, he got cut. Uh, talk about talk about walking out of a stadium. The I walked out of the Titans Packers game. Uh, four and eight Packers, seven and three Titans. I have never seen anything like what has happened to those two yeah. franchises since walking out of that stadium. Uh, just thinking. Look how complete this football team is. The Titans have found a passing game. They're running the ball. The Packers are atrocious. They can't accomplish anything. And literally not one of those Packers have not lost since then, and the Titans have not won since then. Can be worry of the outliers. So bizarre. Yeah. Such a bizarre night. Uh, but I wanted to say congratulations to Dan, and thanks to everybody uh, for hanging out and participating in the Fantasy League. So check out the Pharmacy, of course, in East Nashville, and the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Uh, maybe I could use them to build my roster next year there you and, go. Not, and not finish last place. Uh, all right, that brings us to some college football here. I think it helped that I, you know, I drafted both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen <laughs> when I was laughed at. You took them all. You took I'm all laughed the, at. You, you were there were some chuckles at two quarterbacks yeah. that early. Yeah, one but quarterback it worked out, didn't it? Well, yeah, sort of worked out for third place. Sort of. Uh, all right. So real quick, I don't know how your New Year's Eve was. Hope it was great. Hope everybody's New Year's Eve was awesome and wonderful. Um, speaking of Tom Brady, this happened at the at the uh, at the New Year's Eve party. We had ten adults and like ten children. And we started at about three, so pretty early on with the start of the Michigan game. So much good football. I I said to somebody at about 8 p.m., I think you could beat Tom Brady in a race. This was all the men, of course. None of the women were stupid enough to get involved in this nonsense. But all the all the men are like, I was like, I think you could beat Tom Brady in a race. I think you could beat Tom Brady in a race. Not more athleticism, not better at football, none of that garbage. I'm just saying straight 40-yard dash. Do you think you could beat Tom Brady in a race? And two, two guys were like, yeah. So, of course, this devolves into us racing after six hours of drinking. And I am standing with an ace wrap around my hamstring right now. So the, the, the party was great. The kids were awesome. The football games were spectacular. I have not been able to walk straight since New Year's Eve. I hope you had a great New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah, we just went out to eat. Could you beat Tom Brady in a race? Straight line. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a very uh, 
inflexible person. So that means that my I'm basically am running in cement because my body's in like constant stiffness. I I think I think if I had some time to train, yeah, lose, I would have to have time weight, to train, stretch a lot. But you know, he's doing going to be doing the same thing. And he's already got the leg up on you in terms of health. Whatever, I could be Tom Brady in a race. Yeah, obviously. I think I think that if you're going to do it, agrees. you can't give him time to prepare because unlike uh, the quarterbacks and some of these eight a.m. to four p.m. guys for the Tennessee Titans, oh. he actually has a competitive mentality. <laughs> uh, either way, best Saturday of college football playoff football, best semifinals ever. I don't know if it's the – I mean, maybe Georgia Ohio State was the best game probably ever. I think the Alabama-Ohio State game in 2014. I think the Rose Bowl, which was Georgia and Oklahoma in overtime, would be in that list. But Michigan, TCU, and listen, Georgia, you can't kill them. You can't kill Stetson Bennett. That's a B-minus game. TCU is the most unprecedented story in college football. Like, there's nothing – I can't come up with anything that is even close to comparable to what TCU is doing, which is they were picked preseason number seven in the Big 12 – they don't recruit in the top 20. They have a first-year coach. Max Duggan, their quarterback, wasn't even the starter in week one. Like, there is no comp to what TCU has accomplished. And they deserve a ton of credit. I don't know if that helps them on Monday night. <laughs> That's a scary thought. Yeah. Um, but half the people at my, my party on Saturday were thinking, man, I can't believe Ohio State's going to back their way into a national championship. Yeah. And sure enough, Stetson Bennett survives the mailman delivers in the fourth quarter well i'll say this about this college football playoffs is that i think that for for all the off season for all the regular season talk of the college football expansions that i've done where i've said that the expansions aren't going to be worth a shit it's gonna be the same four teams this was the best case scenario i feel like to showcase that hey these expansions may actually provide some upsets and some good final four teams in games. It's it's funny you could argue it both ways. Like I think your point is right that if you had more of those TCU Michigan type matchups, you're going to see more drama and more chaos. And I think that's a great argument for teams like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 to pull upsets on teams 4, 5, 6, and 7 or right. whatever. I also think that if TCU finished 6th, let's say in the in a real play in like a 12 team playoff that having to go through multiple layers of Michigan's, does that make sense? Yeah. You'd have to be but Michigan the, but, and then Ohio State and then Alabama but then you, or whatever. But then you're still going to have like a team like Tennessee who probably, even with Joe Milton, probably could, could pull an upset. Could pull an upset. Sure. I, I just think it's going to be harder for a team like TCU to get to the national championship game. I think that's why it's important that they have to get like the number four seed still. Like yeah, a team yeah. like that would still have to get the number four seed. But even then, they'd have to play number five and yeah. then number the semifinal and then a championship game. They basically have to win one extra game. Yeah. And it's hard enough for TCU to get where they are now. I do think it's an interesting debate because I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Yeah. It's sort of like, well, for me, it just definitely opened my eyes to, it's kind of like Josh Dobbs opened my eyes to maybe that, you know, Malik Willis just sucks. Uh, like Penn State. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Like Penn State, Tulane would have been in the playoff. Penn State would have been in the playoff. USC would have been in the playoff. Utah would have been in the play. Like all these teams could have had an opportunity to pull upsets in the second, first round, second round, or whatever. Yeah. And I think, there are going to be more of them, and watching TCU basically just take every punch from Michigan and get back up off the mat and keep scoring. Yeah, like Michigan just giving the ball away. Making mistakes. And so, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, we can get to Stetson Bennett here in a second, but I, the, the Michigan-TCU game, it was 21-16 to 16 with six minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah. They scored 97 points. It's ridiculous. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. And I, I thought that the Ohio State essentially played for everything they could. They they did. Yeah. I thought they did everything yeah. that they could to win, and I thought that uh, Ryan Day definitely saved his job. 
for sure. Even in defeat, I agree with you. Yeah, and I also think that because everybody was expecting the blowout, right? I mean, that's what you were. I mean, I had, apparently I six, Vegas wasn't. I was laying six and a half. So. Yeah, but apparently Vegas wasn't. It kept going down. I'm like, what do they know? What does <laughs> Vegas know? And I still don't know what they know. Masters I still don't really know what what happened. I'll. It's just it's insane. The um, it's insane what CJ Stroud was able to do in that one game. And now all of a sudden every Titans fan wants CJ Stroud because they're going to ignore all the games he's played horribly now, because they saw the one national, I know the one nationally televised game against the Georgia team. And look pretty awesome though. Yeah. That's what everybody player. says about every Ohio state quarterback. I'll, I'll wait to see. He probably, I agree with you on that one, but he is probably the best one. I think that's the one thing that you can helmet scout in the NFL and be 100% right on <laughs> every time is that Ohio State quarterbacks are not going to be very good. I, and I, Justin Fields, well, for all that he does in running, they're barely over like 2,600 passing yards. I this Spare me that this I Justin will, Fields. Thing. I will say that every quarterback before, this is the one thing Ryan Day can argue. Yeah. Ryan Day revolutionized their passing attack at Ohio State. I think you're right. They played their best game, their A-plus game, and they did it without their number one receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba. They did it without their number one running back in Henderson. I know they lost Harrison in the fourth quarter, but they still were playing really well the entire game. Good game plan. Ryan Day answered a lot of questions. I do think since Ryan Day, the quarterback quality has changed. The passing attack has changed at Ohio State. So I say that to say anybody Urban Meyer and before was not capable of playing in the NFL because it was a different offense. Ryan Day since they're far more like it's a more offensive NFL system and quarterbacks who fit into that system are a little bit more NFL applicable, if that makes sense. I guess we just have to wait to see if actually one of them actually turns out that way, because so far nobody's turned out to be That's a true. quality passer out of Ryan Day's offense. He's only been there like, there's like his fourth year. So yeah. his fourth year. Um, but Stetson Bennett, who will not be playing in the NFL at all. He has no upside. He'll be an accountant here in a couple of months. Um, I, I just the AJ McCarron of Georgia. Yeah. So, so here's what's interesting about AJ McCarron and Stetson Bennett comparison. I think from a, I think from an overall talent perspective and the situations they were playing in pretty similar. Yeah. But McCarron's story and Bennett's story are very different. And what I mean by that is AJ McCarron was a top 100 recruit, four star, high four star, came in big tall you know pocket passer playing on in the old school Nick Saban pocket passing offense back-to-back championships on an elite team Stetson Bennett is a guy like again you know all the stories and eyes start to roll when you when you recap the story but to be a walk-on to be kicked basically told to leave go to junior college come back and then basically told you're not good enough to win the job against Arkansas last year and then be benched for JT Daniels and then the whole time, he's just better than everybody in practice. And then he wins the national championship and then comes back. And if they win on Monday night, I, I think it is a far more like, you know, TCU is a, a remarkable story to go from like preseason seventh or whatever to Bennett's story is unprecedented. Like Tommy Frazier, three national championships, elite recruit, one of the best players of all time. Even McCarron, big time top 100 recruit playing at Bama. Pretty good player, third in the Heisman, kind of like Bennett was, which is, again, to your comparison. I just don't think there's a career in college football if they finish the deal, because there's only three guys, I think, that have double national championships. Matt Leinert's the other one. He would be one of four players ever with with two national championship rings as a quarterback, and none of them are walk-ons. None of them were kicked off the team, not literally, but like told to leave multiple times. His own fan base didn't want him last year. There's nothing like Stetson Bennett, and, he, and all he did... 
was go 10 of 12 for 190 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter against Ohio State. Back-to-back touchdown drives against Bama in the national title game. And he, and he can run, and he's an athlete. I, I just – I think we need some time away from the Stetson-Bennett story to a fully appreciate what the Stetson-Bennett story really is. You, you love Stetson-Bennett. And, and I, I don't love him. I just, oh, I mean, my I God. I mean, that's all you've extraordinary. talked about since we started this fucking show is Stetson Bennett. <laughs> What are you talking about? So I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that you don't love him. He's going to win a second him. ring. He's going to win a second ring. Hey, I don't want to hear. Well, we don't know yet. I like stories. You, you think he's going to win a second ring until the, uh, the ginger rifle comes through there and just destroys him. Um, the, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett's a lot better than what I want to give him credit for just because I am an Alabama <laughs> fan. I don't want to give him credit. I mean, he's he's a tad bit better than Jake Fromm, uh, wow. a little bit better than A.J. McCarron. But, I mean, he's still just another guy that won't make it to the NFL. But, hey, kudos to him. Good college career. He'll be signing a bunch of footballs for the rest of his life <laughs> when he's at talking to youths at the at the elementary <laughs> schools and stuff he's like that. He's never going to pay for a drink the rest of his life. All right, so you really don't appreciate the the, the journey then. So this is oh, this, I'm a, I am the the wrong person. All right, so I you're am doing the, the least sentimental person. Oh, you're doing the exact thing that I think everyone's doing right now with him because it's like I, everyone I, rolls their eyes at him. Yeah, and I think when if they win a national championship on Monday night and he has two rings and he retire and he's off doing whatever it is he's going to be doing like bass you know, fishing, like spreadsheets and yeah. like whatever, like probably just. Like you said, probably just doing appearances in yeah. Athens for the rest of his life. He'll be running that dot matrix printer to sell you a car later. He's, he's going to make a fortune doing nothing is what he's going to do. Yeah. He's going to be wealthy and never work a day in his life. I just think when we get further, and we had Seth Emerson on Lamestream Sports last week to talk about this, who covers Georgia, he, his suggestion is we need to be farther away from the story to truly appreciate how unusual it is. And I'm just trying, some sort of like with TCU, being this kind of unprecedented, unusual story, I'm just trying to find the... I, I think it is an unusual story. Georgia's boring. Yeah. Like they're, oh, they're great defense and they're winning back to back championships. They're kind of already boring. Yeah. And so to have this unusual thing in the middle of it as the trigger man, I find that to be interesting, fun. I mean, I think it would have been a lot more interesting if he had a sex party like uh, <laughs> Boote or Booty, or whatever. Keyshawn? Yeah, Keyshawn. He has sex parties? Yeah. All right. Oh, you didn't see those uh, rumors swirling? I, I, I've been to New Orleans. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, all right. So don't hate on Stetson Bennett, folks. <laughs> I don't even know what that joke meant, but uh, all right. Setson Bennett, unusual, spectacular, extraordinary, appreciative. And oh, by the way, to all you SEC fans, I'm rooting 1 million percent for TCU. Oh, I am too. As hard as possible for TCU. Yeah. Because again, the story will be unusual and unprecedented if TCU somehow manages to pull an upset. But also fuck Georgia. Sure. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Uh, all right, what are we what are we going next here? We're going Tennessee and Alabama, Alabama. Yeah. All right, all right. So dominate, dominate, and I am so happy that Alabama dominated because you told me on Thursday's show or Friday's show that they wouldn't care and they're just going to go in there and I'm picking Kansas State because my name's Braden. I got to be <laughs> contrarian. Well, let me tell you something. Alabama went in there and whooped that ass. Bryce Young put on a, a what was it, like thirty percent of his throws were t- for touchdowns. Three twenty-one and five. Yeah, give me a give me a break. Bryce um, Young is the best college player in the country. I don't disagree with that. Bryce Young should be the number one overall pick. Don't but I hope that you know the Texans overthink it like they are prone to do, <laughs> and they take like Jalen Carter. Or they take, you know, um, C.J. Stroud or Will Will, Levis. Will Will Levis and Anthony Richardson would be overthinking it. Yeah, well, I think C.J. Stroud would be overthinking it because Bryce Young is clearly the best quarterback, and if you want the best quarterback, go ahead and get him. Unless the plan is is to take Jalen Carter plus a wide receiver 
And then, okay, we're still going to suck this year, but we're getting Caleb Williams. Drake, Drake May or Caleb Williams. Yeah. No, listen, Bryce Young was extraordinary. The fact that he played, I think, still is incredibly risky. Um, but I agree with everything you're saying. Alabama showed up. Uh, Bryce Young was spectacular. He capped a brilliant career. I had him on my Heisman ballot in my top three. So if you didn't have him on your ballot, I think that's wrong. Um, I think he's even in the game against Tennessee, against against Hendon Hooker, he was the better quarterback in that game. Um, I Congrats. I don't think, you know, Alabama fans don't really care that much about winning the Sugar Bowl, but whatever, fine. Bryce Young was awesome. Um, I think here's the thing. Tennessee fans, though, were like walking in to the New Year's Eve party. Hey, man, what'd you think about Joe Milton? Oh, the Joe Milton hype train went off the rails. And I'm like, okay, he made two nice throws in the back of the end zone. Fine. Okay, fine. Those were nice throws. Let's say it. Here's my my advice about, about Joe Milton. Do not change your opinion about Joe Milton because of what you saw against Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Do not change your opinion about C.J. Stroud because of what you saw against Georgia. That's a real football game, though. That's Mm -hmm. different. This is a charity exhibition event that was fun to watch and enjoy. And my daughter had a great time on Saturday morning when she woke up and wanted to know what happened. And we watched the fourth quarter. She had a great time. But if, I hate Dabo if, so much. <laughs> so that part you liked, right? Oh, I loved it. I love it. I mean, I love the whole thing. I, I love I love it. I'm, 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 I'm not ready to call Joe Milton like, oh, they're not going to miss a beat. And Joe Milton, blah, 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 No, blah. That, that's the thing. Like, I thought Joe Milton could win this team eight games next year before the game. I think Joe Milton can win this team eight games after the game. Yeah. What I saw was positive, but doesn't mean anything in the future. It does not mean anything for next season. What matters with Tennessee football is the defensive depth chart. Yes. That's what's going to help them win more than eight games next year. So uh, just spare me the overreactions to what you see in a bowl game. Uh, we're about to get to the only thing you need to know about bowl games and the records in just a second because Big Ten fans are, they got their chest puffed out a little bit. They're tweeting a lot about their records and all this stuff. And that's fine. Celebrate. You know, do yeah. the victors. Go the spoils. But Joe Milton, nice performance. Tennessee, nice performance. 11-win season. Great year. Unbelievable memories from Hendon Hooker. All that stuff is true. It does not mean that they are going to win more games next year because he played well in the Orange Bowl well, against Clemson. You know, for all the good that Joe Milton did on the field, all anybody could talk about was how Hendon Hooker was on the sidelines and how Hendon Hooker was up on the podium and how Hendon Hooker was, you know, farting over in the near the water cooler. Hey, best smelling farts you've best ever heard, man. But that's all that anybody wanted to talk about was what Hendon Hooker was doing. And you might as well have had <laughs> him. He was the J.J. Watt of this game. You know how the camera always yeah, finds J.J. Yeah, Watt? Yeah. The camera always finds Hendon Hooker, and that's really what all fans want to talk about. And let me say this about Hendon Hooker. If if you're looking for a Malik Willis-type flyer, Hendon Hooker's your guy. Draft him in the third or fourth round. He'll be such a great leader and such a nice guy that will never amount to anything in the NFL, unfortunately. I, I, I don't like saying that to Tennessee fans, that, but I've said it for a year and a half now. I don't think he's an NFL player. Um, but it doesn't change all – again, doesn't change the memories. doesn't, it doesn't change, change the fact that I think Hendon Hooker – from the outside looking in, I think is my favorite oh, if UT he's, player. He, he is. So part of the reason the camera finds him is he writes the Players' Tribune article. He yeah. he goes out and speaks to the, I mean, he's written children's books. Like, this is a guy that you can love. Yeah. You want your children to love. And oh, by the way, he did something for Tennessee football that no one's done maybe ever for them right. in the last two years. So I think it's okay to just be obsessed and over the moon in yeah. love with Hennon Hooker and, and wish, that he'd, wish that he'd played. But you know what? They won two games. Don't play. Don't blame the NFL teams that draft him right. or that pass right. over him when he doesn't turn out to be anything yeah. great. Uh, I get you there. I, I agree with that. Oh. So, yeah. What happened to our look? I don't know. There we go. Vols accidentally hit it. Okay. So, well, you were very, very excited about Hendon Hooker as yeah, I guess so. as, as the Tennessee fan that you are. 
All right, we'll wrap up here with one stat that you need to know. One record you need to know. When all your Big Ten buddies throw all these bowl records in your face, because I don't know. I mean, the only thing that matters on these bowl record things that Ohio's, and you're going to lead into this, is what happens at the big game. Yep. Does your team make the big game? So you don't define how good a conference is because they won the Tax Slayer Bowl. Yeah. Also, Sonny Dykes, head coach at TCU, who said, oh, uh, we don't get to schedule weak non-conference opponents in the middle of November. And I want to say, you think the SEC has won like all of the championships and drafted all of the players into the NFL because they happen to play a non-conference game in, in November when your league could do the same thing if they wanted to? No. Well, they do. They schedule them against their in-conference opponents. <laughs> so the Big 12 is basically, is basically Louisiana Monroe. Let's not, go, let's not go crazy, all right? But here is the ammunition you need. The only ammunition you need, when somebody says, oh, Big Ten, nine and three in bowl games, SEC, four and six in bowl games. I don't even know what the numbers are, whatever they are. When somebody looks at you and says that, you say the Big Ten, who just went 0 and 2, the Big Ten is two and six in playoff semifinals. They've had eight chances to get to the national championship game, and they have won two of them. Two and six. Two and six. The SEC is 10 and 1 in semifinal college football playoff games. The SEC's had 12 chances, or let, excuse me, 11 chances to get to the national championship game, and 10 times they've done it. Those are the only two stats you need. And when someone starts rattling off to you why Iowa beat Kentucky in the Music City Bowl, and that how somehow indicates conference anything, you just say, What do you do when it matters? And the Big Ten is two and six in trying to get to the national championship game in the playoff. And the SEC is 10-1, and one, and that only loss was the Ohio State-Alabama game in year number one of the playoffs. So since the first year of the playoff, the SEC is 10-0 and 0 in college football semifinal games. I don't know what other information you need to know. There is, there is no other information other than being a Big Ten fan must be, must be horrible because you, you know that your team's never going to win while Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Alabama, Georgia, now you could probably maybe start putting in, creeping in UT into there. Not being able to beat TCU is a bad look. Yeah. Yeah. TCU is a great team, but like. And I think. I think. This was supposed to be your year, Michigan. Yeah, this yeah. was supposed to be your year, and you had it, and you you, you could not make plays. Yeah. So. And John Harbaugh's for the 30th time. Jim. Uh, yeah. Jim, Jim Harbaugh for the 30th time has got rumors that he's going to bolt for the NFL. Colts, baby. It's an ever it's an evergreen uh, article that's being written every year after Michigan loses disgracefully in a bowl game. I am sick of it. It's a good code. Copy paste. Copy paste. Oh, you're sick of copy the, paste. The rumor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I'll believe it like Ryan Tannehill in the playoffs. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. That is a great place to put a pin in it, of course. Thursday, back on a regular schedule, of course, at 1 p.m. We are, of course, here live at the pharmacy. Check out these beautiful vibes here. We've got the soda rail, the milkshake bar. you got the burgers, the beers, as Zach spills all over himself. Because you see that. The, the, the definition <laughs> is not that so high. exciting about it. Uh, it's a great place to come bring the family. You can get out of here for, like, less than 50 bucks with two kids, family of four. Great place to come grab a burger, some brats, some tots, some fries. Uh, you got the kraut here, best kraut in the city, best mustard in the city. So come on out to the pharmacy, of course, as well. Make sure you check out the Kingston Group, our other great and awesome and amazing local sponsor. You're going to make some decisions about your house if you're buying, if you're selling, if you're renovating, anything. You want to build a carport, you want to build a garage, a basement, doesn't matter. Talk to the Kingston Group. 
just have a conversation that you don't even have to use them. They will still help you make the right decision for your house and with the right decision for your money. So uh, make sure you support local business, the Kingston Group, and the pharmacy, of course. Where can people sign up for a tremendous digital media service covering the Tennessee Titans? Well, let me say this. If you are watching live and you haven't left because we've gotten into our end-of-story spiel where we're talking about all of our great advertisers like the Pharmacy Kingston Group, today we are testing out, me and Mike, our first insider-only live broadcast. Kind of like what PK does over at paulkarski.com, yeah. PKTV. So you're copying him. Well, we're, we're, we're doing our own thing because our thing actually turns into a podcast. So whatever, if you <laughs> basically come hang out with us, interact with us, it'll be better production. Uh, you know, we'll have like little videos and we'll have this or that. And it's, you know, obviously better, two better looking hosts than what, wow. you know, over at PK.com. Wow. Um, Come over to us at 3.45 p.m. is when it's going to happen. You need to turn on notifications for Football and Other F-Words, Broadway Sports Media, and at Broadway TN. That way you get the link to the article. That way you can sign in, get the link to be able to come in. But you also need to turn on notifications for 440 Sports and make sure that you're coming in and interacting on these shows. Because go to YouTube, go to Facebook, turn on the notification for 4040 Sports to come in and interact on these shows. I know we didn't get to you today. We're doing a new setup, so my laptop's a little far. <laughs> and I got to figure we, out how... I, I forgot to put it on Braden's computer Zach's so he could tell. Zach's had a beer now at this point. So we got. I know we got a lot of comments. We had a lot of comments that we did not get Hi, to. Hi, Tim. I like all your comments. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll make sure that's fixed for next week when we're live. Uh, Landon, and congrats to Dan, our fantasy football football show champion. Brought to you by The Pharmacy, <laughs> National Broadway Sports Media, Zach Lyons, Brain Gall. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thursday show, 2 p.m. Sorry, 1 p.m. regular time. 2 p.m. Eastern time. 1 p.m. Central time, regular time. We're going to break down the entire Jacksonville Titans game. God bless our souls. <laughs> for, for Zach, I am Brain. Thanks for hanging out with us. Pharmacy, everybody. This has been a football show.